Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Hallelujah. The Lord's good. Amen. We'll lift your Bible up today. Say it out loud. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. It is the indestructible, incorruptible, eternal seed of the living God. Today, I'll be taught the Word. I will apply it to my life, and it will change my life. And I will never, never, never be the same in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, I believe that. Hallelujah. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 4. And uh, we want to continue with this that we have uh, uh, started on the importance of continuing. And uh, I made a statement Wednesday night, and and the Lord has been uh, expanding that for me. The goal of the Christian life is maturity. All right, the goal of the Christian life is maturity. It's to grow up into Christ. Um, Continuing requires maturity. If I'm going to continue in the things that, uh, you know, part of raising children is teaching them how to finish a job. Teaching them how to finish, right? You, You don't just start something and then not finish it. All right, it's it's continuing. Well, that comes with maturity. You know, when, when a child's two years old, there's certain things you can expect them to do and finish it, but you expect them to finish it. When they're five or six, you expect them to do certain things and finish it, right? When they're 10 or 12, you expect them to do certain things and finish, continue in it, right? Amen. Because if, if we don't teach them to continue and be mature, then they're going to go out and get a job where there's going to be people that expect them to finish and be mature. Amen? And, and that's how you end up with a, a grown man sleeping on your couch the rest of his life is because you never taught him how to finish. Oh, hallelujah. Is, is that right? That's important. No, not the grown man on the couch. The finishing. And hallelujah. A church is required to be mature to take a city. For babies to come, the church has to be mature. For, for the, the Lord said to us one time, he said, the babies are coming, and, and you'll remember what he said. He said, they're going to need, they're gonna need na- laps to sit on. They're going to need people to feed them. They're going to need people to burp them. They're gonna, and, and he wasn't talking about physical babies. He was talking about spiritual babies that are going to come because of, of reaching our city. But what has to happen? You know, I, I remember... When, when I was growing up, and, and of course I, I was raised in, a, in, a, in, a, in a, another generation, but it's still, it's the principle is still the same. You know, especially if you had a lot of kids in your house, 
you know, mama was having, having children, and the older kids were expected to help. Nobody just comes to church and sits. Right? Because part, service is part of maturity. When, when I come and I begin to mature in the things of God, then I start serving. Right? I, 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 right? Coming to church is not serving. Coming to church is feeding. And, and you get fed well here. Amen. But, but, but then I want to serve. Amen. That's not what I'm preaching on. But <laughs> maturity is a process. The Bible, the Bible gives us the process of maturity. He said it was the blade, the ear, and then the full corn in the ear. Hallelujah. Never mistake length of time being born again for maturity. Hallelujah. Why? Because you know 45-year-olds naturally that are immature. I've run into people before that would brag about being saved 50 years, and they were the most immature people in the church. Because just because you've been saved a long time doesn't mean you're mature. There, there are people, some people get saved and never grow. And, and that's why they're so easily moved. And that's why the enemy, as Brother Hagin would say, could hold high carnival in their life, and, and they didn't even recognize what was going on. Because mature people recognize this is, this is the plan of the enemy, but I'm not going to be moved by it. Mature people are not moved by circumstances and situations because we understand the things of God. Amen? Amen. Oh, hallelujah. So the goal of the Christian life is maturity. And you cannot reach a place of maturity if you don't learn to continue, which is to remain, to stay, to be steadfast. Amen. You know, I've told people for years, for 25 years, I've made this statement to people. If you'll come to church and give God six months of your life, your life will change. But it's continuing for that six months. Most people that you know who have problems in their life, they don't stick with anything. And what you won't stay with can never affect you. But if you stay with it, it'll affect you. Amen. Hallelujah. Look at, let's go to Ephesians 4, and we'll start in verse 11. Glory. Tell your neighbors that I perceive you're growing. Oh, hallelujah. Verse 11, and it says, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, or pastors, teachers, or pastors who teach, for the perfecting of the saints, oh, hallelujah, for the equipping, the maturing of the saints, for what purpose? For the work of the ministry. So no one is just equipped and matured just to be equipped and mature. You're equipped and mature to do something. Amen. Now, I know there are people that will say, well, the punctuation in the Bible is not anointed. Well, it might not be anointed, but it gives us the understanding of what he's saying. So he says it's for the perfecting of the saints, comma, you're perfected for the work of the ministry, comma, and your work in the ministry will edify the body. Is that right? 
What, what you find so often in churches is people come to church and they want the pastor to do all the edifying. But the Bible says this is the saints. And that the saints need to be matured or equipped so they could do the work of the ministry and thereby edify the body of Christ. So the person sitting next to you should feel edified when they leave because they came and sat by you. Oh, hallelujah. Isn't that right? Oh, verse 13, until we all come in the unity of the faith unto a perfect man. Everybody say mature. mature. The word perfect is mature, unto a mature man, under the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So he says he wants us to mature, and then he gives us the, the measuring stick, the stature of the fullness of Christ. That's, that's the measuring stick of maturity. Glory. Glory to God. The Weiss Bible says, until we come to the experiential, full, precise knowledge of the Son of God to a spiritually mature man. So the purpose of the ministry gifts is to bring the believer into a place of maturity. And that doesn't just occur just because of the gift. It occurs because of what the gift does, not just because of the gift. Amen. You know, I've, 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 I've heard people talk about what's, what's wrong in certain areas of the church, and, and it seems like, you know, that, that this minister's falling and that minister's falling, and, and it seems like this, that, and the other. I'll, I'll tell you what it is. It's because they, they, they were never brought to a place of maturity. You, you, listen, mature believers learn to live above things. Amen. Do you understand? We're going to look in this series, what does this maturity look like? But, but you understand? And, and, and when, when you have, let, let's look at what they do. Let's look at that first, and then, then I'll, I'll keep teaching on that. Ephesians 4.15. We're going to come back to this chapter a couple times during this message. But speaking the truth in love may grow up. Everyone say grow up. Into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. So what happens? Speaking the truth in love causes maturity. Now, when people say, well, speaking the truth in love, here's what they generally mean. Is this is going to be hard, but I'm going to speak it in love. It's not what he's saying. He's saying the truth must be spoken in love. Why do I tell you the truth? Because I love you. And what does that do? It produces maturity. Is that right? It produces maturity. The goal is that the believer is no longer a child, no longer tossed by winds of doctrine, no longer, no longer deceived by deceitful people because they've been hearing the truth in love. Amen. Are you with me? When, when, when something is said over the pulpit and it's the truth of the Word of God and it's said in love, it's intended to grow me up. And, and here's the thing, if it, if, it, if it hits, if it's like God putting his finger in my cereal bowl, then so be it, I receive it, I just need to grow up into that. Yes, sir. Amen. 
whatever what it may be. It, it could be something as simple as, as, you know, church attendance, coming to church. The reason, the importance of coming to church. Amen. Amen. And, and the pastor will say something, or the, the man of God or the woman of God will say something, and it's like, boy, that hit me right where I live. We're just He's just growing you up. Just take it, and I'm just going to grow up into that. Amen. Are you following me? Because, see, immature people start making excuses. Well, pastor just don't understand. Pastor just don't know. Well, it's irrelevant whether I know or understand or not. It's, it's the Word. Is that right? So, so whether I understand or know what you're going through, does that change what the Word says? Doesn't change what the Word says. My job is to, is to live up to the Word. Amen. Tell your neighbor, say, I'm going to live up to the Word. Amen. Glory. One translation says, and grow up in every part to the measure of His growth. Grow up in every part to the measure of his growth. Look at Colossians chapter 1. To continue to, to receive greater responsibility, a greater level of maturity has to occur. That's just the reality. In Colossians chapter 1 verse 27 it says, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is what? Christ in you, the hope of glory, whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect or mature in Christ Jesus. Whereunto, or this is what I also labor towards, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. Now notice that. This is so, so powerful. Paul says in the Weiss Bible, whom we are constantly announcing, admonishing every man, and instructing every man in every wisdom, in order that we may present every man spiritually mature in Christ Jesus. To which end also I'm constantly laboring to the point of exhaustion. Engaging in a contest in which I'm controlled by his energy which operates in me in power. Oh, hallelujah. Now no, notice this. Notice this. Don't miss this. He said, we preach Christ warning every man teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man mature in Christ. Mature in Christ. Amen. So the minister is concerned about the unsaved and warns them with the word of God to help them turn to Christ in order to find forgiveness of sins. Notice that. He says we warn every man. We warn, not threaten, warn. Not threaten, warn. A warning and a threat are two different things. A warning is, hey, the bridge is out, you should stop. Right? A warning. A warning. 
The, 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 the church, the, ch- the problem that you see so much in the church today is the church is acting like the world. And, and, and don't, don't jump to any conclusions. I'm not talking about sin. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the church is taking on the same traits. We're angry. We're mad. We're upset. We're throwing fits. Amen. You turn on Christian radio and people are ugly. They're talking ugly about the government. They're talking ugly about, about the White House. They're saying things that the Bible says not to say. And we sound just like the world, just with a Bible verse attached to it. We talk just as ugly about the current president as they talked about the former president. Just, just bow your head and say Amen. Yeah, but pastor, right is right. But wait a minute. If, my, if I'm mature, I'm warning. He said, we preach Christ warning every man. Listen, the, the reality is this. Every person that you know, every person that you know that's not saved will one day stand before the judgment seat of, of God and they will give an account for their life and whether or not they turned it over to Jesus Christ. I have to warn people that that is going to happen. That's going to occur. Amen. And that everybody that you know will spend eternity somewhere. No, nobody is a non-eternal being. Everybody is an eternal being. And we will all spend eternity somewhere. Now, why am I saying that? The mature person understands if I want them to listen to me, I can't be angry and mad and upset and, and venomous. I've got to take the word of God and speak the truth in love. Notice he didn't say don't speak truth. He said speak the truth in love. The Lord asked me one time, he said, now, now, now this was the conversation he had with me. And don't jump off the boat before I'm done. Because you'll drown. <laughs> the, the, the Lord said this to me. He said, uh, he said uh, could, a, could a homosexual couple come to your church? And I was listening and I said, well, Lord, yes. He said, could they sit under your teaching? And find help. And I said, yes, Lord, they could. He said, if you had fellowship dinners and whatnot, would they be welcome? And I said, well, yes, Lord. I mean, people are people. Amen. And then he said this. He said, would you ever have to preach from the word that that was an incorrect lifestyle? I said, yes, in, in the course of preaching the word, yes. And he said, you would be right as long as you didn't load your gun specifically for them. He said, the minute you start loading your gun specifically for them, it's no longer the truth in love. Amen. Are you with me? Hallelujah. See? You got to warn people. You can't warn them if they won't listen to you. You can't warn them if they shut you down because of the venom and the anger. Now, I believe you just got to speak truth. I've known a lot of ministers like that that are irrelevant today 
Because they were so determined to speak truth that they didn't care if it destroyed people's lives. They just wanted to speak truth instead of speaking the truth in love because they were concerned about the maturity of the person. If a person stays under the Word, stays under the Holy Spirit, stays under the moving of the Holy Spirit, stays under the Word of God, eventually God will open their eyes and they'll make a change in the right direction. you got to give the Word time to work. You got to give the word time to work. Amen. Because, because I, keep, I keep hearing people say this. Oh, it's a different generation. People are different today. No, they're not. No, they're not. Sin is still the problem and Jesus is still the answer. Nothing has changed. Everything's changed, but everything's still the same. If, if people will grab a hold of the word of God, it will still change their life. Amen. Amen. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. We, we can't, th- I'm, I'm, I'm getting too far into this, but we can't throw our derogatory terms around and throw our derogatory terms around and then expect people to listen to us. Amen. Amen. Well, you know how I am. I just speak truth. And that's why nobody wants to be around you. And that's why everybody avoids you. Amen. I've talked to parents before. Well, our kids won't come around. Well, if you talk to them like you talk to me, it's no wonder. Amen. No filter. Moving right along. I got, I got to mature. I have to mature. I have to mature. Amen. You have to have a standard. But you don't, you don't, you don't want to talk about your standard to the point that it, that it just pushes people away from you. Amen. I, I'm, you come tonight, we'll talk about that more. But. So the minister's what? Concerned about the unsaved. Concerned about the unsaved. I'll have people, they'll say, now I'm going to bring cousin Millie Bob to church. Now let me tell you what he's doing. Well, here's what they want me to do is load my gun for Billy Bob. You know, if the Lord leads you, you're trying to lead me. The Lord don't have a chance to lead me. You're trying to lead me. I'm being led by Bill. Not Bill, but you you understand. (laughs) Hallelujah. Maturity. Maturity. What does maturity do? Maturity understands. Listen, maturity understands something. Maturity understands that I am warning people. I'm issuing a warning. Listen, the wages of sin is death. You cannot avoid that. It will produce some form of death in your life. If you, can, if you, if you insist on living a sinful lifestyle, the, the, your life will just erode and erode and erode and erode. And eventually, if you don't change it, you'll end up in, e, in, in eternal death. You'll end up in eternal separation from God. And we never want that. If we believe that the horrors of hell are really what they are, and that, that, that it's really as horrible as the Bible says it is, then we got to preach everywhere warning people. Not threatening people. Warning people. Amen. Very often people preach God and they preach hell like this. If you don't do right, God's going to send you to a devil's hell. That's a threat, not a warning. That's a threat, not a warning. God is sending no one to hell. 
That why? The price has been paid. Nobody ever has to go to hell again. Nobody ever has to go again if they'll just believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and make Him their Lord. Nobody has to go to hell. The price has been paid. Every person that goes to hell will go over the paid price of the blood of Jesus. They will go over the love of the Father. They will go in spite of how much God loves them. And God gets no pleasure in their demise. None. None. That's a warning. That's a warning. See, you want mature people that warn people, not threaten them. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. The concern then doesn't change after they're born again. It just changes to a different type of concern. Helping them become mature or Christ-like. That's God's ultimate purpose for believers is that they mature and become Christ-like. Amen. I, I, I've had, I had a friend one time that his only concern was having a big church. Well, you know, I, I, I want a church that's growing and a church that's strong and full, but I want it full of mature people. I want it full of mature people. Amen. Mature people listen. Immaturity says, oh, yeah, 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 I know. I know. But it never listens. Mature people listen. I had to learn that. When Pastor Michelle and I, we used to go to a church, uh, Deeper Life Christian Ministries, in Grandview, Missouri. Uh, uh, Pastor E.C. Morton, Elder E.C. Morton, wonderful man of God, just a wonderful, God used him in so many ways to father me in my life. And uh, uh, we, we would go and sit on the front row. We were front row folks, front row mafia. And uh, we, we would be there, and, and, you know, we were learning to be married. I don't know if anybody in here ever learned, had to learn to be married. But we were learning to be married, learning what the Word of God had to say about the Word. And Elder Morton, Elder Morton would just, he would just, he would know he was preaching on you, and he would just preach on you. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. With tears in his eyes. And you just had to learn to listen. You had to learn to listen. Because you could, you, the Holy Spirit moved through him so adequately. We would come to church and we'd have a disagreement on the way to church over nothing. And then we'd get to church and he'd say, some of y'all had a disagreement over this on the way to church. And it was just what we disagreed over. What, what do you do? You know it's God. You got to Listen. And he may, I, I'm just going to tell you, I'm going to tell off on myself, this has been over 30 years ago, and, 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 and uh, he'd make you mad. And, and you'd get in the car and shut the car door, and you're just determined, I'm not going back tonight. I'm not going back tonight. I'll show you, Reverend Elder Morton, I'm not coming back. And then by the time you got home, the Lord's like, that is where your life's being changed. Well, I know I'm going back. And here you come with your cereal bowl sitting on the front row again, waiting for God to just put his finger right in the middle of it. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. But I learned, I learned in that setting, I learned how to listen. I learned how to be the husband that God called me to be. I learned how to be the father that God called me to be. I learned how to be the man of God that God called me to be. Yeah. See, speaking the truth in love. 
Speaking the truth in love. Now listen, I come from two generations of Pentecostal preachers on my mother's side. Three, four generations. I come from generations of Baptist preachers on my father's side. I appeal to everybody. <laughs> Amen. Are, are you following me? So I've been preaching since I was 16 in public and, and longer than that in other instances. And I remember Elder Morton called me in his office and he told me, he said, Philip, he said, you probably, you have a better grasp of scripture than any of the ministers in the church. You're a better preacher than any of the ministers in the church. You have more anointing and revelation than any of the ministers in the church. But I can't use you. And I just looked at him. Tears started coming out of his eyes. And he said, because you're, you're dealing with this and this and this. And if you don't deal with that, me putting you in the pulpit would just make it worse. And he said, I got to teach you how to minister to people, not just preach to people. He said, what happened? I got mad. <laughs> Tell me all this good stuff, and then you can't use me. My goodness. Telling a preacher he can't preach, that's like taking water away from a man dying of thirst. He said, what'd you do? I went out and sat on the front row, and I can tell you almost every, minute, every message I heard him preach, except that one. <laughs> I didn't open my Bible. I didn't take notes. I sat there like a doofus on the front row like a rebellious child on the front row mad because my daddy had corrected me. Now, maybe you've never been there, but I've been there. And I got in the car determined, not going back. <laughs> Go somewhere where they appreciate my ministry. <laughs> See, think about that. That's part of maturity. Yeah. Well, I'm called to do this and I'm called to do that. Have you ever thought there's a reason you're not being allowed to do it? Yeah. There's a reason. Well, I told pastor that I'm called to do this. Well, reckon there's a reason that you're not doing it? There has to be some growing up. There has to be some growth. Listen, this is not the Philip and Michelle show, so it's surely not you and the other one show. No, nobody gets on the platform to be heard or to be seen. Nobody gets behind the pulpit because of their latest, greatest revelation. If you don't have a heart for the church and a heart for the sheep and a heart for the people that God has sent to us, then you just should sit there until you mature and get one. Because when you preach from behind this pulpit, it is to help the people grow. Nobody corrects my church but me. Nobody speaks truth hard into my church but me. Why? Because that is what God has placed me here for. Every other arm of the ministry is to help my wife and help me do what God has called this body to do. It's so important that you understand that. And when you understand that, then the maturity is there. Amen. Yeah, but I've been doing this for 40 years. And again, I digress. Length of time saved does not equal maturity. It just doesn't. Let me move right along. That's God's ultimate purpose 
for believers. So we, we see that what produces maturity is not just the pastor, but the word the pastor preaches. It's the word the pastor preaches. In order to continue, I have to mature. Immature people, children don't understand continuing because to the mature, immature, quitting is easier. Do mm. you see this? There are no shortcuts to maturity. You have to continue. You have to continue. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 3. That's why, you know, I don't hand out ordinations. I don't hand out licenses. If you see somebody ordained in our church, it's because we truly believe, number one, there's a call of God on their life. And number two, that they're living a life that's, that, 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 is, that is adequate for them to be ordained. I believe there's a level of spiritual maturity. People will come to me from time to time and say, I need a ministry license for this. Not here. Because the Bible says when I lay hands on you, then I become a partaker of whatever you're doing. Isn't that right? He said, lay hands suddenly on no man lest you become partaker of other men's sin. So if, if I lay hands on somebody and they're not doing right, not living right, and I don't know it, and everybody in the, out there knows it, then they think I'm okay with it. I'm not okay with it. Amen. And on our ministry staff, we don't drink. We don't smoke. We don't chew. We live right and spit white. Amen. We got good marriages. Amen. We don't have brawlers. I'm, I'm, I'm saying this for a reason. You got to understand there's a standard. And there's a standard because if you want to take a city, you got to have a standard. There has to be something that says, I won't go over this line. You take a city with character. You take a city with commitment. You take a city with integrity. You take a city because that leadership is above reproach. Amen. Amen. And you hold to that standard. Folks, it's not just about smoking. It's not just about drinking or chewing. There are good people that smoke cigarettes. There are good saved people that dip snuff. There are good saved people, right? But here's the issue. At what point do I say, that's a work of the flesh? And I got to stop it or it's going to hinder my witness for Christ. Amen. See, that, that's maturity. That's maturity. I'm, I'm growing up. I've talked to people before, and they wanted to do things for God. And I say, well, if you want to do something for God, you better quit talking to your wife the way you talk to her. I shouldn't be hearing you dog cuss your wife in the back parking lot before you all come to church and then want to come be real spiritual to me. Tell you what, woman. You're, 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 Pastor, how you do? God bless you. That's not maturity. That's not maturity. I, 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 t I tell, and now this is more the other man than Jim that was running with us. And me and Jim and this, this other young boy were running one day. 
And uh, this other guy, he was just always talking about how he wanted to be spiritual. He wanted to be spiritual. I just want to be spiritual. And pastor, I just want to be spiritual. And finally, I just stopped. And I looked at him and I said, when are you boys going to quit talking about being spiritual and just be it? Just be spiritual. Nobody can be spiritual for you. Nobody can mature for you. Wouldn't that be great if somebody could just reach over and grab your arm and mature you with them? As they grow, you grow. No, the reality of it is the person sitting right to the right or the left of you is going to have to hear the word, receive the word, and mature by the word. Amen. You want a standard on you. You want a standard placed on you. You want Minister King to have a standard in the praise team. You want me to have a standard in the pastoral staff. You want the nursery to have a standard. You want the AV department to have a standard. Why? It causes you to grow. It makes you mature. It causes you to grow up into the things of God. And you understand, I can't just live ever how I want. I can't just live after the flesh and expect God to bless me. I'm going to do something about my life. Amen. I'm going, to, I'm going to make you want that standard. Standards are safety. They're safety. Amen. You know, if you're a parent in here, why do you have standards for your child? To keep them safe. Not because you don't want them to have fun. How do they equate it? You don't want me to have fun. But you know, Right? Why do you tell them you have a curfew? But here's why. Because nothing going on good out there at 1 o'clock in the morning. There are no brothers and sisters hanging out, studying the Word at 1 o'clock in the morning. Amen. Our kids used to tell us, but... Everybody else's parents, and you know what we said? Okay, but that's their children. You're our children. Nothing good goes on after midnight. Nothing good goes on after midnight. And I, I'm going to say it ever how, ever how you get it. Decent folk are in bed. Sleep. Amen. Amen. Mature people got to get up in the morning and go to work. Right? Yeah, but I'm not working. I'm in school. School is your job. School is your job. You need to make good grades. You want that allowance to keep flowing as freely as it's flowing? You got to have a standard. You, you, you got to bring me home a report card. That is your best effort. Not you can make an A and you bring me home a D. If D is your best, I will bless you for a D. But if A is your best and you keep bringing home D's, the cheese is staying in my pocket. Amen. You want some of this cheddar? There's a standard. Yeah. Hey, that's right. Hallelujah. We're just, we're just making it real today. Standard. Standard. What attracted me to my pastor was the character that he possesses. What attracted me to him was the, the standard that was around his life. Amen. The longevity. If you want longevity, there has to be a standard. There has to be a standard. You want a good marriage? you got to have a standard. 
You can't just look at whoever you want to look at. You can't just talk to whoever you want to talk to. You can't just be ever how you want to be. Well, you know, I don't mean nothing by it. Then why are you doing it? Married, married men have no business talking to single women. Have no business going to lunch with any woman. Have no, no business. None. Zero. Zero business. It's a standard. And, I, and, I, and I'm growing up. I say I'm growing up. I'm growing up. Is that right? Amen. No, oh, I better hush up. I got to hurry. You, you, you understand? And that, that eliminates that, well, you know, the more time we spent together, we just found out that maybe we were right for each other. You should not have been spending any time with them. It's the devil. It's the devil. Can I, can I say something? Can I tell you all a story? I, I had a lady come to church one time. She was married. She, she had a good husband. He was, he was not saved. He wasn't coming to church, but he took care of his family. He worked hard. He took care of her. And she, they had three kids, two boys and a girl. And she came to me one day, wanted to meet with me and my wife. And so we met. And she said, uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to divorce my husband. And I said, why? And she kind of mumbled something. And so I went down the list. I said, uh, number one, is he being unfaithful? Is he committing adultery? No. Is he physically abusing you? No. Is he abusing the children? No. Is he lazy and won't work? No. I said, you have no grounds. You have no grounds to divorce your husband. I mean, is that Bible or not? Well, I just, I don't feel like it's the Lord's will. Why, why is it not God's will? I knew why it wasn't God's will for her. Huh? In her estimation. There's a young boy she wanted to get involved with. And I knew it. I knew it. And I told her. I told her. And my wife was there. I'm speaking the truth in love. I'm not being mean to this lady. I wouldn't do that. This young boy had, had got delivered, well, was dealing with crack cocaine. This is how many years ago that was. That was the scourge then was crack cocaine. And he was in uh, Teen Challenge and was getting help. And, and she wants to divorce her husband, start hanging out with Junior. You know what she did? She divorced her husband. And she went to Teen Challenge. They, they were going to have a, a, a get-together. And she went, wasn't supposed to go. He wasn't supposed to see anybody. And she went, and, and he saw her, and, and she ended up bringing him home. After my wife was there, after I had stood in front of the judge with him, and we had prayed and believed God for this young man, I had stood in front of the judge. This young man had robbed his family blind over and over and over and over again. And finally, he had robbed somebody that wasn't going to take it easy on him. And he was facing over 25 years in prison. And I went to, to court with him. God had touched his life. I went to court with him and stood by, by his side while the judge looked at him. And the judge looked at him and said, young man called his name, said, I should throw the book at you. He said, but I believe God's done something in your life. 
So because of your pastor and these other people, I'm going to sentence you to Teen Challenge. Well, he came home. He came home. And, and barely, got, God was gracious to him then. Here's the thing. And so they were determined to just, they were determined to get together. And I asked her, I said, have you ever been married to an addict? She said, no. I said, you don't know what you're getting into. She called me one Wednesday evening before church, frantic. Pastor, I haven't heard from so-and-so. He's usually home by now. I asked her this question. I said, is today payday? She said, yeah. I said, I know where he's at. He's down on 10th of Paseo. Sure enough, two days later, that's where he was. Now, I'm not making fun of him. What, what I'm trying to say, see, do you see the lack of a standard? No standard. No maturity. Sitting under the Word, coming to church, crying, shouting, jumping, but not listening to the Word. Amen. You know, they went ahead and got married. They went ahead and got married. And it destroyed both their lives. I know that young man today, and thank, thankfully, he's coming back to church, but he's a shell of himself, and he's still trying to recover from years of destruction. Are you following me? I believe you're receiving from this. Standard. You want a standard. You want a standard. When, when you start looking for a man or a woman in your life, did you hear what Pastor Michelle said? Where did she find her husband? In church. Where did I find my wife? In church. In church. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how young you are. I don't care what gender you are. There's two, male and female. I don't care if you're male or female. You want to find that man in church. You want to find that woman in church. My, my wife told my daughter one time, she said, I want a man like dad. And my wife said, you don't find them in the bar. You only find them in the church. See, this is important. Because it's, it's a standard. It's, it's this maturity. Look at 2 Timothy 3, 14. Continue in the things that you've learned and been assured of knowing who you've learned them. And from a child, you've known the Holy Scriptures, able to make you wise to salvation through faith that's in Christ Jesus. All Scriptures given by the inspiration of God is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works, fitted or mature. So he states, firstly, that the key to continuing is the Word. The key to continuing is the Word of God. And he refers specifically to the man of God and states through the Word of God, the man, will be, the man of God will be perfect or complete. But we know from other scriptures this is true of all believers. And so the key to maturity as a believer is continuing in the Word. Amen. Now what does this maturity look like? Let's look over at Ephesians 4 again. I'm having to move fast so I can, I can watch your time. Standards, standards, maturity, hallelujah. You know, when you remove the standard, you immediately inhibit the growth. Standards cause growth. If you have people with standards, 
People with standards can grow and mature. People with no standards won't. The pressure very often is the standard. Not, not what they're being, not, not the issue, the standard. Amen. Do, do you see that? When, when, I ordain, when I ordain people, I talk to the people in their life around them. I talk to their wives, their husbands. How are they? Are they angry? Well, Pastor, that's none of your business. Sure enough is if I'm ordaining them. Because I got to have a standard. The Bible says make no friendship with an angry man. That's a standard. Isn't that right? That's a standard. And so if a person's angry and hard to deal with at home, then we can't ordain him. Yeah, but we all got things that we're dealing with. That's a cop-out. That's a cop-out. That's an excuse. I'm just, I'm just going to keep this hanging out there because after all, we all deal with things. But are you dealing with it? <laughs> Having it is not dealing with it. Dealing with it. Amen. How, how, how would you deal with it? First of all, you go to your pastor and say, I'm dealing with this anger. I want you to hold me accountable. I want you to talk to me. I want you to ask me. Amen. And then you submit to two or three other brethren that are, that are mature in the things of God. That's what the church is for. The Bible, says, the Bible says the younger women are supposed to learn from the older women. And the younger men are supposed to learn from the, from the older men. That, that's the process. What does that mean? Some of y'all are maturing, and you're going to become those old, not just in age. You're going to mature into that, that area that, that we can send people to you. I want marriages so strong in our church that we can take young married couples and say, here, take them and disciple them. Let them go to your house. Let them go to lunch with you and dinner. Let them see how a man treats his wife and a wife treats her husband. That's the process. That's, that's, the, that's the pattern. In the church. The church was never supposed to go to the world to find out how to have a good marriage. How in the world can the world tell you how to have a good marriage and they don't know what end is up? They trust people to tell you how to raise your children that never had children. But that's the standard. Ephesians 4, 14 that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind and doctrine, by sight of men, cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive, speaking the truth in love, may grow up into him and to all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together, compacted by that which every joint supplied. Notice this, according to the work, effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body under the edifying of itself in love. So mature believers, what does this maturity look like? Mature believers are not unstable. They're, they're not moved by winds of doctrine or sensational revelations. Amen. An immature believer is always looking for something spectacular. And then they miss the supernatural. Because they're looking for the supernatural or the spectacular. Obedience to Christ and the ability to recognize error are definite signs of Christian maturity. Obedience to Christ. And the ability to recognize error are definite signs of Christian maturity. Obedience to Christ. 
So if Christ wants it, I obey it. If Christ doesn't want it, I obey it. Amen. Christ is the source that the ability to grow comes from. And he's the object or the goal of that growth. When believers are mature, when believers are stable, when they're obedient, it'll result in a coordinated body with every member fulfilling their part or their function. Every member. It's, it's a coordinated body. So just like the human body grows as a total organism, with each part of the body being involved, the body of Christ, the local church, grows as we as believers allow Christ His rightful place and as we do our part in the process. All right? it's, it's a coordinated effort. A mature body can take a city. A mature body can touch city, state, nation, and world. But it requires maturity. It requires maturity. And that's what God's calling us to do and asking us to do and asking us to place in our lives is to say, I want to grow up into him in all things. I want to be mature. The goal of the Christian life is maturity. It's not what I get to do or what I don't get to do. It's that I have a part to play and a part to fulfill. And I want to do my part in helping my church body do what God's called us to do. Amen. Ever what it may be. Ever what it may be. I never asked God to let me pastor. I never asked God to let us plant two churches. I never asked God, and, and the others that we're going to plant, I never asked God to put me on TV. Sitting in front of a camera is my idea of doing nothing. I mean, that's just the way I felt about it. Pastor Michelle would go and just thrive. She blossomed. She just looked like a, a, a hibiscus flower, just beautiful in front of that camera. I'm like, how many more of these do we have to do? Now, that's changed. But understand that. Hallelujah. I never asked God to let me pastor. I never went to God and said, Lord, I want to pastor. Lord, I would just let me pastor. Just let me deal with people's problems, Lord. Just help me, Father. Let me, let me help people grow, Father. I just, I just, I want to stay in one place and never go anywhere else. Never did that. But yet that was his plan. When did he reveal his plan to me? When I had matured to the point that I would accept it. I'll have people that say, well, God's not talking to me about my future. You need to grow up. When you start maturing and growing, he'll start talking to you. Because God's not, God, God, does, God has a habit of doing this. He has a habit of not telling you what's coming till you're mature enough to realize the importance of it. There are pastors I know that they'll start churches, and they start churches just because they want to preach. They'll start churches because there's a call of God on their life. Let, let me tell you, if you're going to pastor a church, preaching behind the pulpit is the smallest percentage of what you're going to do. 
I've, I've ministered about one hour today. It took me six hours to put the message together. To minister it in one hour. But I was in the office almost 40 hours. And I ministered Wednesday for an hour and today for an hour. I'll minister tonight for a while. Let's say an hour. So you do the math. And each message, there's a requirement there. But here's the point. What's the rest of that time spent on? Helping families. Putting things together for our kids. Making sure that our church is ministering to the whole body. Looking for buildings. Amen. You understand? It's, it's a level of maturity. If you're in a position right now, and I'm closing with this. If you're in a position right now where you're helping in a department, you're helping the department grow. Amen. Then, then be thankful that God has somebody there that has a standard that says this is what we need to do. This is how we need to do it. This is the direction we need to go. They're hearing from the, the, head, the lead pastor. The lead pastor is hearing from God. Amen. We have yet to see even, even the beginning of everything that God wants to do. But we're going to see it. Amen. We're going to see it because God placed us here for a reason. To, to declare, number one, that Jesus is Lord over Little Rock. The mayor of our city made a proclamation the other day, and, and uh, I, I have no critical words for him, but I followed his proclamation by the proclamation. Jesus is Lord over Little Rock. Amen. Isn't God good? Let's stand up today, shall we? I hope you receive from the word, from the ministry of the Holy Spirit.